You're listening to the Arrowhead Live Podcast Network. Thank you, Kansas City. We did it, baby. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Aftermath Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Tenpenny, joined by my co-host, CJ Jones. CJ, what's up, man? Chris, how you doing, bro? Victory Monday. We needed one of these really, really badly, so I'm feeling it's real good. A- it's been a minute. It's been a hot minute since we felt uh, felt uh, a victory Monday with the Chiefs losing those last two games against the Bills and the Chargers, man. Bro, it's it's, it's been a rough, it's been a rough fourteen days for for the kingdom. I know Sunday wasn't um, overall. We wish it would have been a better outing, but at the end of the day, a W is a W, and you get them where you we can always find them. So there's going to be there were some good things, some bad things, but overall, we left DC with a dub. So that's the most important. Right, for sure. But you mentioned it like that's crazy how. That first half, not only were the Chiefs behind Washington, they looked bad. They looked like one of the worst teams in the NFL. I mean, that's one of the worst halves of football I've ever seen by this Kansas City Chiefs group. Man, what was just going through your mind when they were down 13-10 to 10 at halftime? Man, that that is that half, and remember that first half of the AFC Championship game in 2018 versus New yeah. England? Those were easily like two of the worst halves I've ever seen a Mahomes-led offense play. Like, it was with turnovers, missed assignments, dropped passes. And then, bro, I, I want to get your take. What do you think Pat was doing when he threw that ball up at the end of the half? When it's like for the ball, when he dropped the ball, dropped the snap, picked it up, tried to make a play. You think he was trying to throw it away? I don't. I honestly have no explanation for what he was doing. No, he was trying to pick up the first down. He was trying to do too much. Try to play hero ball, kind of like DK Metcalf tried to do for the Seahawks last night, just in a different way. Like it's it's even when these great players are so used to doing great things. They think they're invincible, and we've seen a few times that you know Patrick Mahomes is still the best quarterback in the NFL. I'm not arguing that, but he's not invincible. He can't get away with making stupid things like that, and that was that was a Carson Wentz esque turnover, man. That was a bad throw. Chris, he didn't even throw it. He took the back yeah. of the point of the football and like flipped it. I would I would right. believe you if he actually had his grip on his hand like a normal throw. He literally uh-huh. like fling the ball in the air. I was like, bro, what are you doing? Like, just take the sack. Like, the play's over. <laughs> Right, yeah, I just I didn't get that part of it at all because, like you said, like uh, it was it was it was ugly, and I was you know it led to some wild takes and some wild comments on Twitter. But you know, a lot of those were just in the moment, not actual. You can't take those. Any fan, any Chiefs fan, or any anybody of any importance or any unimportance, they said something stupid about the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes after that throw. It's completely warranted because it was just the heat of a moment. Like, it's not what people actually feel like. Yeah, just you know what I'm saying? Like, it was just like yeah. a, I've never seen Pat do something like that before. So, I'm just going to tweet the most ridiculous thing. That's literally what I said. I'm like, bro, I've never seen him. Like, we've seen him try to force throws, maybe try to fit it in tight windows, overthrow someone, maybe underthrow. That's fine. Those are normal QB mistakes. But that, like you said, that was some Carson Wentz, Jameis right, Winston right. type, rookie quarterback type mistakes. Like, bro, I've never seen him do anything like that. So, that was – Easily one of the worst decisions I've ever seen him make. But, yeah, none of that discredits him or, like, takes anything away from what kind of player he is. He's still Patrick Mahomes, everyone. He's still the best quarterback in the league just because he's having a rough patch in his career, which is bound to happen. Chris, you know this. Everybody's not going to play perfect forever. There's going to be rough patches in your career, especially when you're playing a good football team. 
Yeah, but now the man leads the NFL in touchdown passes still. He's up there in the yards. Like, it's like, this is a rough patch for Patrick Mahomes, then, man, is, is he not just just on a different level than everyone else? But that just shows, like, this this offense is fine. It really is. Like, that second half just proved it, how they just marched up and down the field, scored at will, and turned this ugly, ugly game into a blowout. Bro, that's how it is. First half, was, it, was a, it was a tale of two halves. First half, like you said, was really ugly. Turnovers. Mistakes, drop passes, interceptions. We were giving D.C. way more credit than they needed to be because on offensively, turning the ball over that many times, they really should have had – we really should have down by way more than 13 to 10. It should have been way worse than that. Honestly, we should have been down by three or four possessions if, if they would have capitalized. But our defense, which was the story of the day, I'm sure you'll dig in deep into more of that, but the defense was the story of the day for me. They played well. And obviously, I know everyone's going to say calm down. It was D.C. That is true. They were missing some guys. Logan Thomas didn't play. Antonio Gibson got knocked out with, I think, the shin injury, I believe. Um, I know J.D. McKissick had to hop in for him. Obviously, we all know Taylor Heineke has been starting for Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, most of the year. So, but at the end of the day, like Tyron Matthew said, you gotta you got to build confidence, and guys got to start somewhere. So, obviously, the defense hasn't been playing well. We know that. But this is the start of hopefully a new trend that we're going to go in the right direction. So, you got to start somewhere, Chris. Right, and everyone's talking about, like, when we're when you look at the defense being like, oh, it's the Washington football team. Like, it doesn't count for the defense. It's like, Okay, but you're ranked 32nd in the NFL. <laughs> Nowhere but <about> that. <laughs> the, the, the Washington football team is scoring 24 points a game coming into the game. So, like, I don't – it doesn't matter if, like, the Chiefs as a whole are on a different level than Washington. The offense for Washington on paper was much better than the defense for Kansas City on paper. And the exactly. defense went in there and shut them down. Taylor Heineke, you take out a blown covers, that 40-yard touchdown pass, and he was bad. He was not doing anything that game. Well, he has like a. If you take out that one pass, he's like 140 140 yards yards of the pick. Like, like I know, (laughs) like he was bad in the Chiefs' defense. They played pretty good, and so and it showed in the PFF grades. I mean, and I know you always take those. You know, can't take those as the end all be all. But the secondary for Kansas City was the highest graded unit of anybody that played in the game. All four of those guys: Tyron, Fitton. Sneed and and Thornhill were the highest four graded players on the on the Chiefs period, including the offense. And so it just showed how well that secondary played, and uh, it, it shows what happens when uh, maybe you give Thornhill a few more snaps than Dirty Dan. No, exactly. We all know Juan Thornhill is a better option, more athletic, more clearly has more closing speed, better tackler, just better eye to the football. It's just I know everyone has the the respect for Dan Sorensen in that locker room, and I'm sure all, all the coaches and players will tell you that exact same thing. But we all know. Coaches included that change needed to happen, and right. this was the week it had to happen. And um, Juan played really well with the, with the snaps he was given. The defense overall was able to um, get pressure on Taylor Heineke, not let the um, receivers get open as much. We know they have some guys that can give you a little trouble, like Terry McLaurin and um, they're like um, they, Dyer Moore and Sims. They have some other guys that can make plays. So overall, the, the um, secondary played pretty well. Besides the Ricky Seal Jones. Touchdown, which is ironic because he played for the Chiefs. Um, yeah. <laughs> besides, besides that play, yeah, like you said, the defense overall played well. Um, it kind of sucks to see that um, the, we've been starting to get Willie Gay more integrated and more comfortable back in the defense, and then Anthony Hitchens and Nick Bowles start dealing with their injuries as well. So, you know, it's always one thing if it's not another. So, But uh, bright spots for me were definitely um, just trying to warden play very, very well. Oh, My name is – yeah, that bro, the helmet catch part two is what I called it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's uh, a good one, wasn't it? 
uh, Mike Davis, bro, he's slowly becoming oh, one of the better, man. one of the best defensive players on this on this football team. So mm-hmm. um, he, he Mike keeps playing, he keeps showing out every single week. I'm proud of him. He keeps stepping up, making plays in that D line room. We all know a lot of guys in that room are getting paid a lot of money, and we've been dealing with uh, injuries, off the field issues, distractions, switching positions. Um, Dana and Deshaun Warren have definitely been stepping up and uh, helping out that D line room a lot. Yeah, definitely, man. Like you said, that Warren pick was awesome. I mean, it much needed. And you know who my guy is? I and we've talked about this guy ever ever since he missed a few games. He's always one of the first defensive players I miss because I just I always liked his energy and the way he's able to tackle. Well, now that's showing his coverage skills too. And you know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about Fenton, man. He balled out pretty much the last two weeks. He played well. He's one of the few players that played well against Buffalo, but he really had a great game against Washington and. Man, that dude, if, if he can just be – he doesn't have to keep playing at this level, but he can keep elevating his game, man, that's that's huge for the Chiefs secondary moving forward. Man, I was telling you, you and Caleb can both quote me on this. I've been saying that all summer and last year. Rashard Finn was my most slept-on defensive player on defense. Yeah, he, he was one of my – besides Willie Gay being an obviously breakout guy we all wanted, I said Rashard Finn is one of my guys he's so slept on. And it's, and it's, it's ironic his Twitter name is at sleep. Which is funny, <laughs> but he's—I think he's one of the most underrated DBs. I just love his tenacity. He's physical. He always yeah. plays. He plays the ball. He always turns around and looks for a good ball skills. A guy that needs more reps, and obviously with Charvarius being out, he's getting plenty of reps. And Snead obviously hasn't been playing to the level that we all expected him to take the jump to. But Rashard Finn has been a pleasant surprise for a lot of people. I'm glad he's getting his shine because he's a guy that I've definitely been—I've definitely been hyping up and been excited for. So, it, yeah, like you just said, if he keeps ascending. And keep increasing like this, and hopefully we get Charveris back this week, and Snead gets back to keep doing his thing. Yeah, the, the secondary, the, the corners are going to be fine. They just need to keep keep playing good ball, keep stacking good days and good weeks. And yeah, the secondary will be. We got some good receiving cores coming up, like you just like we've been saying all year. So it's, it's not going to get any easier. So right, like they, they keep playing tough teams, but again, yeah, Fenton, Fenton's a dog. I, I again, he's just he's already been the best tackler in that secondary. He's physical, and, man. Uh, he's so it's like me, whatever he makes up, whatever he's lacking in, in physical gifts compared to some of the other guys, he makes up in effort and and just energy in general. So yeah, definitely fun to watch him play. And again, like I want, I want to give Dana a little more love, like you said, like that good dude. He's he's not a star. He's never gonna be a star. He's just a good role depth player that can start on some on some limited defenses like the Chiefs D line right now with Chris Jones out. But it's just gonna just gonna also another effort guy, gonna get after it, gonna give it his all and and make the most of his opportunities. And that's been huge for this Chiefs defense, especially on a on a defensive line that struggled and underperformed mostly. To have a fifth round draft pick in his second year start to take this step forward and, and show that he belongs in the NFL. That's just that's just been huge for Kansas City. No, like you just said, we needed all the help we can get in that D line room because we've had a lot of, a lot of off the field issues. Guys switching. Chris has been out for what? This is that was his third game missed now. I think it's only his yeah. second. I think Buffalo was first, first game second. Second Buffalo was the first one. So two games missed. Hopefully we get Chris back this week because we got the Tennessee Titans on um on Sunday night. That's gonna be a, we're definitely gonna need him <laughs> going against that big boy Derrick Henry. So um, oh, we're definitely gonna need, it's gonna be all hands on deck. So if if Chris needed to sit out, if that was the game plan to hit him out to let him sit to get ready for Tennessee. I'm okay with it because we definitely gonna need we're gonna need Stone Cold this week for sure, man. <laughs> right? Yeah, another noon game at Tennessee with with Derrick Henry, who we just as the time of recording this, we just saw rip off a 76 yarder against the Bills, something the Game's Chiefs could never think of doing, when they played him a couple weeks ago. But I'm, I'm not I'm not even worried about run. We've seen the Chiefs had have bad run defense the entire Patrick Mahomes career basically. So like. 
yes, I, I don't want Henry to run all over us. But again, that's why it was so important that the secondary played so well. I know it was Taylor Heineke. I know that they had some injuries and that they were able to just focus on on Scary Terry and lock him up. But still, like if the secondary is playing good football, then this team's going to be able to win because it's going to it's going to limit those big quick strikes that have killed the Chiefs time and time again, whether it's a Hollywood Brown getting behind or Dawson Knox of all people getting, you know, we've seen this happen. We even saw it on Sunday, that that blown coverage where so what was it? Swordson, Neiman, and Sneed all, all bit all yeah. bit on the on the <laughs> fake bubble. And it's like yeah. he could have thrown to Heineke could have thrown to either guy. And I'm I'm, I'm kind of glad he threw threw to the former chief just because of the narrative there. That was more fun. But he should have thrown to the other receiver. I don't know who the other receiver was. He was ten yards further downfield and had <laughs> they both are open. It's like pick your choice, right? Right, right. Floor, it's so. like it's <laughs> like pick your choice. So I mean, those those quick strike plays are still hurting the Chiefs, but with the secondary playing playing better and getting their hands on the ball a little bit more, I think that makes me feel a lot better about a lackluster run defense because we've seen that pass defense is more important than run defense. Exactly. You're not going to see too many run offenses that are that explosive and dominant like the Derrick Henrys or the Browns running rushing attack or even as dynamic as Lamar Jackson is. There's only a few teams in the league who can really <clears throat> excuse me, who can run the ball like that. So right. like you just said, when you can pack the box in and force teams to have to throw it. Brian Tannehill has not looked anything too much impressive like he's looked in the past couple of years this year. Um, so forcing – and obviously not to discredit or disrespect any guy like A.J. Brown or Julio Jones. Those are good receivers. But obviously if our if our defense can keep playing the way we're playing, then the guys will be fine. They just got to keep loading the box and guys will be good. Right. And the other side of that too is that with the Chiefs offense still being – I, I think uh, in DVOA, the Bucks actually passed them this week because of the turnovers the Chiefs had. They still inspire the turnovers. the second best offense by DVOA. And it's like, if you have that good of an offense, right, you can't run the ball to keep up with the Chiefs if they're putting up points left and right. I mean, they have, what, 14 turnovers and 10 punts or something crazy like that? Like, they, this offense just figures out how to how to stop turning it over, get a little bit lucky on the fumble side because what they've lost seven of nine fumbles, which is a ridiculous rate. So if that evens itself out, Patrick starts throw stops throwing crazy passes on third down, and Tyreek catches the ball. Those those are your big three issues. Those are, you know unlucky fumbles, Pat making some terrible decisions on third downs, and then a couple drops by Tyreek and and. What, who's going to stop this Chiefs offense? Because no one stopped them yet except themselves. Exactly. Even with all those turnovers, like you just said, this team is still <laughs> one of the top scoring teams in the league, even with all that. Like you said, right. Pat is still one of the top lead, the leader in the league in touchdown passes. That's with all the turnovers. So all the turnovers, like you just said, they're self-imploded. Drop passes, fumbles, bad decisions. It's just things that – and the enemy preached it all week. This is adversity, things that are going to help us grow and make us better. All these mistakes that we're having are correctable. You just have to just focus. Like the like the fumbling on the kickoff return. I know I saw you tweet about this when Byron Pringham brought it out. So um, it's just little things that we just have to focus on: securing the football, looking to catch right. in, two hands, mm-hmm. making good decisions, Pat, not trying to make the extra play, just make the good play. It's just little things that we can control. So we have to keep harping on the little things. I know Tyron Matthew said that a lot. The details, those things matter, and they all add up. So we just got to keep keep focusing and keep getting better. Go back, have a good week of practice, and just. Yeah, like you just said, if we stop the turnovers, nobody's stopping this offense but ourselves. Mm, so the turnovers, it's just – it's nothing that the defense is doing. It's all on us. So at the end of the day, guys have to have pride and say, hey, I'm not going to be the guy to mess up. And that starts speeding around. Because you know what happens when you start turning the ball over. It kind of starts being infectious. 
and then everyone else starts turning the ball over. So we have to get out of that norm. We have to get out of that that bad funk we're in, and everyone start taking care of the football. Everyone having pride in it, and then we'll be fine. Right. Nope. Definitely. Um, real quick, do you have any answers? Like, what does Tyreek need to do to stop stop dropping the dang ball? But see, my thing is like I. I've, I've seen this, these things like in him, but this was like a long time ago when he was in college. Cause I think a lot of people have to forget or don't forget. Like he was a running back at Oklahoma state. And then when he went to West Alabama and I've, and I've, I've seen him in his college career cause I played him in college a couple of times. So he really didn't play full-time receiver until he got to the chiefs and David Culley and, and Andy made him to the guy he is today. So, and, and he busts his butt to get where he's at, but we haven't seen him have these drop issues since he came into his rookie year. And this is what Tyreek's what this is 16th century, 18, 19, 20. This is what his sixth year now. Is it six year for him? Yeah, something like so, that. Yeah, so yeah, we haven't seen him have this many drop issues. So um, as long as as long as if you know any information, let me know, Chris. But I haven't heard right. anything about him having a, a hand injury or anything. Um, right. I know he was dealing with the the shoulder. They said that was during this week was bugging him and the hamstring. Yeah, the hamstring, or the yeah. quad. Excuse me, quad. The not quad. The yeah, yeah, the quad. Yeah, but um, no, even like, but Tyreek's been he's been a warrior, man. He's been battling injuries for years. He's been here, and I've never seen him have this many drops. So um, he's made some crazy catches, but yeah, the past couple of weeks, the drop versus the Bills on the drag route, which led to a pick six. And then he had two drops in the D.C. game, and one of them led to another pick. So, um, yeah, man, he just got to – just like we just said, he got to look it in, man, just focus. Just get on the jugs machine every day before practice, after practice, extra passes with Pat, just focus in, look the ball in, do tennis ball drills, anything to help. Just, just make sure you're focusing on the catch. And, honestly, you don't want to tell Tyreek to not be Tyreek and say, hey, don't focus on yards after the catch. Maybe that's why he's dropping the ball. Maybe he's just worried about making the play instead of focusing on, on the catch. But I'm sure I'm sure all the receiver coaches in, in, in Bienemy and Andy are telling them the same thing. Like, hey, we know you're special. We know you're amazing. But just focus on just eye, two eyes on the ball, lock it in, thumbs down, eye, fingers up top, lock it in, get the catch and secure it, and then try to get upfield and make a play. So it's just simple things. Nothing nothing right. that me and you could say that Andy and, and Bienemy haven't told him already. Same things he already knows. <laughs> right. Right. And we're getting after him. Well, I, I think he had two drops, but he still had nine catches for 76 yards and a exactly. TD. So, so it's like any, and the play that didn't count where Patrick threw that ridiculous cross field throw. Yeah, and then, that. you know, everyone's talking about Patrick's throw, but as you continue to watch that play, Tyreek made that DB look like a fool too. Bro, right? like little kids on the field. <laughs> My dad thought the flag was, uh, was on, uh, was on Tyreek for taunting. Cause he made that guy look so bad and look back at him. The, that's what my dad thought the flag was on. Cause taunting rules are so ridiculous. No, he hit him with that dead leg. Tyreek, he's so explosive when he gets the ball in his hands, man. It's crazy. He's like no, no other player. That's why I say he's the most dynamic player in the NFL. He's right. so explosive when he gets the ball in his hands. It's crazy. No one has to stop start like him when they're explosive like him. So I think that's just like he almost kind of like overuses his abilities. Like, sorry, just catch the ball because most of the time when you do catch it, nobody really ever tackles you with the first person because you're so elusive. So you don't have to worry about, oh, I have to get a field. Just secure the ball and then be you. Be you, bro. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. So now it was a good win. Great, great second half. Um, you know, still, still things to work out. I even, I even said, uh, I was watching it with my family. I even said, you know, the chiefs could score 21 straight points here. and I'll still be mad after that game and they scored 21 points. And I'm not saying I, I was still mad. I was definitely, uh, not as mad as I thought I would be, but still some things to, uh, to work out that were frustrating in that first half. But again, you get, you got, we got reminded real quick. This is the Kansas city chiefs. They're, they're not going away. They've, they had some. Two close losses to good teams and one bad loss, but you know it doesn't doesn't mean that they're a complete 
mess. Like we kind of uh, the nar- the narrative was starting to shift towards a little bit. Exactly. And, and my thing is like Chief fans, like we're obviously we want to play a complete game. That's the goal every week. But obviously the, how, how bad we've been playing on days. The offense has their bad days. Defense has their bad days. Special teams are their days as well. Obviously it wasn't going to come all together in one day. But right. the one great point was the defense looked really good yesterday. And for what it was, it's an NFL team. That's an NFL offense with great players. And we the defense had a great day and it held them 13 points. You take it where you can get it, Chris. So defense had their day. Now we expect the offense to come in next week and have their day, score points like they've been doing, and stop the turnovers. Special right. teams, stop the turn. I know. And it's funny because I was at the Bills game in the stands, and every time we had a kick return, no one didn't want anyone to return it. Whether it was right. Nicole, Byron Pringle, they all were saying the same things. Don't return the ball. So <laughs> <laughs> at this point, if we keep turning the ball over, they may end up have to, honestly. <laughs> right, right. And, you know, what I think kind of got lost is so, um, you know, the, the, after the Buffalo Bills game, the Chiefs' defense was allowing 31 points a game. But even if you include that Bills game, or actually, no, more than that, they were, average, they were, they were allowing 32 points a game, excuse me. But at, since the second half, of that Bills game in the last six quarters. So game and a half, the Chiefs have only allowed 27 points of offense. So, I mean, if you're looking for things to build on since the second half of that That's Bills game, right there, man. they, they, you know, they're, they're starting to look like a football team. I don't know exactly what that math averages out to, but um, for per game, but for a game and a half, only 27 points is definitely something to, to build on. And I think, I think they'll, they're never going to be, a top 10 defense. I just don't think they have the personnel for it this year. But if they exactly. can be 18, 19, 20, and that's good then, enough. Then you, then you got a world championship team again. So Exactly. That's good enough. Just be middle of the pack. That's all you got to do. And they're working towards that. They've been getting better. They made big strides last week. Now we got to keep doing it. Got another big test in Tennessee on uh, Sunday, like you said. So, hey, you, we got to start somewhere. And, and the defense made their stride. So, hey, I'm happy we made improvement. We had some new faces in there. Guys made adjustments. And that was my biggest thing all week, Chris, that I wanted to see. Make adjustments because I think that was most of what the frustration from Chiefs fans and some of the players even even voiced that this week in some of their interviews that we weren't making adjustments. So now that we've seen the the D coordinators, the D and the, the positional coaches, and Andy himself, like, hey, if we have to change up our approach, let's do that because we have right. to can't keep giving the offenses the same look every week, and the defense did that. Right, All right. So let's let's look at this Titans game real quick. You know, game we said it after the Bills game. If the Chiefs go on this three game winning streak, which does include a tough Titans game. On a three-game winning streak, they'll be five and three by the time the Packers come to Arrowhead. So we're getting game two of that stretch at Tennessee, who is a kind of a weird football team. I, I can't really get a full gauge on them Man, yet. Yeah, they're so if they're up and down this year. I don't know. I don't want to overrate them, but I don't want to underrate them either. Right, right. And they're hanging in with the at the time of recording. It's not quite halftime. They're only down three, 13 to ten to the to the Bills right now. We saw the Chiefs play the Bills. So, you know, there's definitely there's definitely some playmakers that we've seen the last few years with Tannehill. You know, maybe not quite like he was two years ago, but still still dangerous enough when you have a good running game in Derrick Henry and you have Julio Jones and A.J. Brown who are going to be another week healthier. I know they're battling some injuries, but they still have that next week to, to get healthy. So it's like, I, I don't know. The, the, the Tennessee defense still isn't that good, in my opinion. They still aren't that good, and so as the Chiefs oh, yeah, don't, sure, if the Chiefs sure. finally are able to to limit to control their turnovers, I'm not going to sit here and say they're going to have zero because we haven't seen that yet. But like only one, you know, turnover two ish, if depending on the timing of it, you know, I would I hate to see more than one turnover, but this could this could be an ugly game. No, it definitely could be ugly, and 
I don't know, just just for the time of the recording, Taylor Lewan just got hurt, the starting tackle for the Tennessee Again? Titans. So that'll definitely, He's always getting hurt, man. He really is. That changes everything because you remember that week one game when he didn't play. You've seen what Chandler Jones did to that right. offensive line when they played the Cardinals. Not to say we have anybody on our defensive well, line. Chris Jones that, will be back. Yeah, well, Chris, yeah, Chris Jones is going to come back and play. But I think Chandler Jones is one of the elite outside pass rushers in this league. So, he came in and he wrecked, and they had JJ Watt playing as well. So they wrecked shot for a reason. So yeah, that's and, true. And Taylor Lewan is dealing with that injury. Obviously, um, that's going to make an easier job for our defensive line. So if he's not there, obviously, you, like you just said, it's going to be a another another good opportunity for our defense to keep stacking good days and have another good performance. And offense just has a clean game. Obviously, we would love to have to have zero turnovers, but we haven't done it yet. So knock on wood. Hopefully, this is the week zero turnovers. Um, <laughs> but right. uh, like you just said, we just have to come in there, play our game. Be disciplined, be detail oriented, be focused, be locked in, and we know no defense really can slow it down or stop us. It's only stopping mm-hmm. ourselves, so it's right. all, it's all exactly. on us. Exactly. As of right now, and you know that line, the line will probably shift a little bit, especially considering the Titans are still going through their their week six game. But as of right now, the over under is fifty six and a half, which I like. I, I think a high over under makes sense for a Chiefs team against a, a team with the Titans. That's and the Chiefs are four and a half point favorites on the road still. So even I, I, if, I, I like the four and a half. I like that. Yeah, I, I'm feeling under though. I, I, I know I just I like the fifty six and a half. I like where they're setting it because you could very easily see this be like a thirty one thirty game, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I, I like the under. I just think, you know, I, I, I think this Chiefs defense really has made a, taken a step forward with uh, Thornhill playing hundred percent of the snaps and, and Sorensen with Fenton being back, you know, you're gonna get Charvarius Ward back more than likely. You're gonna get Chris Jones back. This is a better offense than the Washington team, but at the same time you're getting some guys back. You're you're building on some momentum. I, I think thirty one twenty four feels so I, I think the Chiefs cover and and they but they're under. They're hitting under. No, that's definitely tough because I think the Tennessee's uh average on the season has been twenty six points a game. And the Chiefs have been averaging 33. Uh, I don't know after how much it changed after the um, after the DC game, but 33 has been our average. So if we're going based off the averages, you would have to take the over. But like we just said, I, I want our defense to have a great day. And obviously right. the Titans have struggled, um, especially when Taylor Lewan doesn't play. So that, that would definitely change a lot for them. And they've been looking pretty decent in this Buffalo Bills game. Nothing really crazy explosive. Like they haven't really been getting A.J. Brown or Julio Jones involved. As much as as much as most people would expect it coming into this season, outside of that long run from Derrick Henry, and again it's only the first half. That's really the only explosive play they really had. So, and we always have played Derrick Henry um, incredibly well. So as long as we come in, load the box, and make Ryan Tannehill beat us, not let Derrick Henry beat us. So I'll, I'll I'm, I'm gonna go with you, buddy. I'm, I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the under. I will take the Chiefs, 31, Tennessee Titans, 23. Oh, so we got one point difference. I think I said 20, 31, 24. Good stuff. I'm glad we're on the same page. We need good vibes for this defense. Uh, there's some people that would that wouldn't consider 24 points good vibes, but in today's NFL and with the personnel on this defense, I think 24 would be a big old win. Uh, and yeah, limit the turnovers and just just don't let Derrick Henry destroy. He he can have a decent day. He can even break off a, a long one. You just can't have him let one of those two hundred yard rushing days, exactly, and and turn the ball over two plus times because that would get the Chiefs beat. But one or fewer turnovers, you know, a hundred ish yards for Derrick Henry, and and the Chiefs may the Chiefs may have control of this game for the most part. That's just how I feel. Absolutely, force Ryan Tannehill to beat you. Do not let right, Derrick exactly. Henry control this game. Load the box, make him play action. Right, Nick Bolton 
I know he doesn't do a lot of things well. The one thing he does do well is tackle. So he's gonna need to yeah. he's gonna need to bring down Derrick Henry. He can't catch Derrick Henry. As once Derrick Henry's even with him, he's by <laughs> Nick Bolton. But but he's gonna have as far as guys with similar size to Henry, Nick Bolton is one of those few players in the NFL, and so he's gonna need to at least. I'm not saying he needs to stack him for loss. I'm just saying he needs to hit him a few times and make him make him feel feel getting tackles like no. he does. I'm sorry, right. he's the he's leading. I think I saw a stat that he's leading all the rookies. Uh, well, time, yeah, yeah, it's He's his one skill, time. man. I mean, exactly. I'm not ready to give up on Nick Bolton because it's what game six and give up a strong word, but I'm just he's I don't know if he's second round pick worthy. But he's a very good tackler. Like, he has an A-plus great tackling. He may not be super fast. He may not be great in coverage. But, man, if you get anywhere near him, he's bringing you to the ground. And you know what? That has some sort of value. So, I hope that he uses it uses it this week against Henry and the Titans. Exactly. It's definitely be a Nick Bolton, big Nick Bolton week. Hopefully, uh, hopefully Hitch comes back and he gets in. He's healthy enough to play. Uh, definitely expect to see Willie Gay get more healthy, get more confident, um, get, get more health in that knee. So, it's definitely going to be a big week for the linebackers and the D tackles are going to have to work cut out for them. Absolutely. For sure. For sure. But all right, everybody, I think that's going to do it for us this week. We appreciate you listening. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at 10 penny 88 and CJ, where can the good people find you? You people can follow me on Twitter or any socials at CJ E E Z Y 81 CGZ 81. My DMS are open to any questions, comments, ideas, concerns. If you want to just talk ball, if you want to talk fantasy matchups, me and Chris are always open to talk. Yes, sir, for sure. But all right, everybody. That'll do it for us. Appreciate it. Talk to you next time. To the Chiefs kingdom, you guys are world champions once again. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Arrowhead Live Podcast Network. Go Chiefs!